I think I've found a real life Mr. and Mrs. Claus. The story coming right up. Hey, hey, hey! I wanna wash my life away. Dance like I'm insane. Don't give a damn what they say. The Daily Detour. Headlines and entertainment on your schedule. Featuring music by our house band, Quickie. And now, your host, Dan Roberts. Oh, that's me. I'm supposed to talk now. Well, welcome in. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Truly appreciate it. A little distracted tonight. I was working uh, with uh, an Adobe program called Character Animator, and I did pretty well for my first time out. <laughs> what a, You can draw a 2D image in several layers, and then through motion capture, it becomes animated, and it will lip sync to your voice, and, you know, I could get into trouble with this. I like it a lot. However, being the first time that I've ever used it with my own drawings, uh, it was the eyeballs were a little wonky. I don't know. Still working out the kinks. But hopefully I can spring some uh, fun little, you know, animated bits your way in the new year. So look forward to that. I am. More of my interview with Jesse Mae Peluso today. And of course, we start every show with good news. And today I said, I believe I found a real life Mr. and Mrs. Claus. This is a couple in Desert Hot Springs, California. Far cry from the North Pole, but I think uh, these folks have the right idea. I would much rather live in the desert than at the North Pole. It's Mike and Judy Sullivan. He's a retired Army vet, and uh, when he retired, he signed him and his wife up for a woodworking club. So keep that in mind as this story unfolds. This is kind of a new thing for him, just a hobby to pass the time, keep his mind occupied. And they started making these toys, like old-school toys, wooden toys like Santa used to make, carved figures of teddy bears, figures on sleighs, in trucks, big trucks, elephants and birds and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, they don't need to hang on to all these things. So they handed them out one Christmas and they were a big hit. That was seven years ago. And now they continue to churn out toys every Christmas. And they thought this year is more important than ever. A lot of families hurting out there. Strapped for cash. Can't afford a lot of Christmas presents, maybe. But the Sullivans knew they could help with that. And so their toys make their way to uh, kindergarten classes a rescue mission, food pantries, other charitable organization, free of charge, including the postage, which sometimes takes the items out of state as far as Indiana or Texas. That's right, get this, last year they spent close to $19,000 doing all this, and that's in addition to making the toys six or seven days a week for eight to ten hours a night, which they don't mind at all, clearly. This is a passion for them, working out in the shop. But still, that $19,000 is a pretty generous uh donation. So they knew that would be tough to do year after year. So this year they launched a GoFundMe page to make sure they could keep the toys coming. And Mike is hoping to purchase a 3D laser printer so he can kick production into higher gear. That'll be cool. I mean, the wood toys are very charming, but think about what a guy like this could do with a 3D printer. So there you go. A real life uh, Mr. and Mrs. Claus, don't you think? And you know, I would love to get a 3D printer myself. I'm so intimidated by it. I feel like I would spend the money on it and I don't, like I wouldn't be able to figure out how to use it. And I don't know if you could take a class in that somewhere and get some hands-on experience with it before you you splurge and spend the dough, but that's the way to go. Plus, I'd always want to be making something. I feel like I'd be spending all my money uh, getting the ink for it or, or the fluid or whatever the hell it is, getting the melted plastic for the machine to sculpt with. Anyway, we said goodbye to a lot of celebrities this year. I don't know how much I'll get into that, but I will get into one, which would be Fred Willard from all those great movies like Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind. 
and he used to make a lot of appearances on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And he was Phil's dad, Phil Dumphy's dad on uh, Modern Family. Well, we lost him this year. But in my archives, I have an interview with Fred Willard. And I will at least play a, a tiny portion of that. I don't know how much of it is event-specific to what he was promoting when uh, I spoke to him on the phone and how much of it might be worth hearing. So, uh, But you'll at least get a little clip that might be interesting to you. And, of course, Jesse May Peluso today and tomorrow. And right now, let's take a look at headline news. First of all, I have a correction to make to uh, something I said yesterday. There's so many moving parts in this pandemic uh, relief bill that I got a little confused. And I think I uh, indicated that the uh, $2,000 to $4,000 per household stimulus checks uh, was a done deal. It is, in fact, not. Everyone agreed to the $600 stimulus checks. So those could be on their way to you uh, as early as this week. But Mitch McConnell said, uh, you know, we can't just start printing money. Well, he didn't say it like that. He balked and then he blocked the $2,000 stimulus checks. So I apologize for getting that wrong. I hope you hadn't already spent the money in your head, which is how I get into trouble. Once I start spending the money in my head, it's just a matter of time until I start actually spending the money. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris received the coronavirus vaccination yesterday. People of color have disproportionately been affected by the toll of COVID-19 and are more likely to be skeptical of the vaccine. So it was important for her to get the shot for that reason, among others, and set a good example. You know, Harris received the Moderna vaccine, as did her husband. And I saw her laugh and slap the, the doctor's hand or nurse's hand just before getting the shot, I think. Might have been after. And I don't know what that's about, but I want to know. But what I liked is that even wearing the mask, which she was doing, uh, you could see in her eyes that it was it was genuine laughter. Like she was having fun. She was in a good mood. Just nice to see. Seems like we only ever see politicians yelling at each other, scolding each other, waving that finger. That better be your finger, buddy. And more coming out today again about the Nashville bomber, Anthony Quinn Warner. They're still calling him the alleged bomber. I suppose since it does feel like a movie or a TV episode of some crime show in so many ways, it's possible he's a pawn in a much larger game. But the police think he's their guy. And so now this guy, uh, Tom Lundborg, who was a teenager in the 1970s when he worked with Anthony Quinn Warner, said that Warner disliked authority, loved smoking weed, and claimed he'd just gotten out of the Navy. Now, his military record has not been verified or at least not made public. But I can confirm that he loved the jazz cabbage, as Jesse May Peluso said earlier in the week, because he was arrested for marijuana possession in 1978. And according to this uh, former friend, old friend, former co-worker, Warner once said, I hate cops. They're all corrupt. Never trust a cop. I mean, you know, unless somebody has decided to uh, put a bomb in an RV and blow himself up in downtown Nashville, in which case the cops were pretty important, pretty crucial. Got a lot of people to safety. Haven't heard of anybody getting too hurt in the blast. I think everybody made it out okay. And I saw footage of uh, a female cop guiding a father and his son to the safety of their vehicle. But he didn't like them. He didn't trust them. In addition to that, according to WKRN in Nashville, Tennessee, Warner may have been motivated, at least in part, by paranoia over 5G technology. There's a lot of conspiracy groups that say not only do we get faster speeds and better service with 5G, but they'll control our minds. Control everyone's minds at once with the flip of a switch. 
with the 5G. They don't tell you that. That's in the fine print of your uh, phone contract. By turning this phone on, you are uh, saying you're okay with us controlling your mind, okay? But that is not the weirdest thing I've heard so far. Supposedly, he used to go into the woods hunting for alien life forms. Because that's where the aliens are. They're in the woods. And he was also very interested in lizard people. Which I don't know where that started. Did that start with V? Back in the day, there was this uh, allegory, really, about fascism and Nazis in the form of a science fiction TV movie that was awesome at the time called V. And then they made a horrible sequel and then an even more horrible TV series. (laughs) But I loved it. But uh, anyway, that's, uh, you know, I never thought about lizard people much before that. But you do hear references to lizard people all the time. I mean, why not peacock people is all I'm saying. Why lizard people? Why not fish people? Why not furry people? I saw some furries once in a club dancing to EDM music. But that's a story for another time. Because right now, it's time to look at that sign on the hillside. The one that says, Holly Weird. Here comes the Daily Dish. I want it. Well, this is interesting. Netflix has a show called The Outer Banks that is a big hit for the streaming service. And now the show, the creators of the show and Netflix are being sued for copyright infringement. Kevin Wooten, who is a teacher in North Carolina, teaches English, is also the author of a novel from a couple years back called Pennywise, The Hunt for Blackbeard's Treasure. And he is claiming that the uh, folks at Netflix and the creators of Outer Banks got the plot for their show from his book. Says the characters, the plot, it's all strikingly similar to what he wrote. And the creators for the show said that uh, they got part of the inspiration while they were in Wilmington, North Carolina. One of the places where Wooten sold and promoted his book. So this English teacher is now seeking payment for damages as well as ongoing royalties and has requested a trial by jury. Interesting. Plagiarism. Alive and well. Or not. Guy could be full of crap. I have no idea. But it seems like it would be pretty easy. Just uh, I don't know that you need a jury, but just give the judge a copy of the book and uh, access to the series. And so, you know, it should be pretty easy to determine how similar the two are. Always fascinated by that stuff, though. I don't know why. I think because I do create things, it's not that I want to end up in some copyright uh, situation on either side of that. But I think the paranoid creator in me is always fascinated by that. Because it could happen to me. It probably won't. On account of I have to create something really good first for that to happen. Still working on that. Any day now, any day, it's all going to happen. Speaking of Netflix, this is very bizarre. Uh, There's a billionaire CEO who's got in the business of producing for Netflix. His name is Lin Key. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, He's a games developer for Yuzu, 39 years old, and not getting any older on account of he was poisoned. That's what they're saying. And by the way, if you're a fan of video games and Game of Thrones, it's likely you've played one of Lynn's games, which uh, was Game of Thrones Winter is Coming. And he was working on an English adaptation of a Chinese sci-fi series, The Three-Body Problem. I believe that will still see the light of day at Netflix, but so bizarre. Assassination by poisoning seems to be pretty popular these days, if you haven't noticed. Guy was worth $6.8 billion. Moving on to happier stories, supermodel and wife of John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, is four weeks sober. This revelation coming on social media after she posted a video of herself dancing and looking happy, just going crazy, I guess, and a fan commented, hey, I need whatever drugs you're on, to which she responded, four weeks sober. 
And there was no more discussion on that, so not sure why she decided to embrace a sober lifestyle, but that's her business. I have not had a drink since October of 2019 of any way, shape, or form, except for the near beer, which I used to make fun of. And if you want to quit drinking or you have quit drinking, but you're still craving a beer, I can't help you if it's wine. I guess fruit juice? I don't know. Uh, It's not going to help you with the calories, but there is actually some good non-alcoholic beers out there. And Odul's, which is always the punchline, actually has an amber. Love my ambers. Used to love the ambers. So I don't really miss getting tossed. Don't miss getting drunk, smashed, sauced. But I, I really like the taste. So most of the near beers seem to be Pilsners, but there's a few out there that are a little different. Guinness has one that's kind of a multi-beer called Caliber. And I think that they're actually working on a stout, like a non-alcoholic stout. So the marketplace is getting a little bit better. I guess being sober is becoming more popular, <laughs> which is kind of bizarre to think about. It is your default position. You're born, you're born sober, we hope. If everything went right, you were born sober. And I guess we'll wrap up with this happy news. Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts' niece, I do believe, just watched her in a movie called The Holiday on Netflix, which if you like your Hallmark Christmas movies, but you've had just about enough of them, starting to get cavities from all the sugar and sweetness from those movies, uh, check out The Holiday. It's actually, it's raunchy. It's It has the plot of those movies with, with plenty of potty mouth. It's kind of fun. Anyway, Emma Roberts is the star of that, and now she is officially a mom. So she's having a good uh, Christmas season, good winter. Garrett Headland is the dad. The baby is a boy, and they've named the boy Rhodes, plural, Rhodes. Rhodes Headland? Rhodes Roberts? Rhodes Roberts. That has a nice ring to it. So congratulations to uh, mom and dad there. And on that note, how about we turn our attention back to Jessie Mae Peluso, my conversation with her from April. Thanks to KZZU for letting me dip into my archives and uh, allow you to hear the, the entire interview, the way that it was meant to be heard with language that turns your face red when you realize you're listening to it out loud in your office. I didn't know they were going to say that. So keep that in mind. Keep in mind this is from April uh, when we start talking about the pandemic because obviously, you know, we didn't know quite what was going on at the time. We know a little bit more now. And now we have a vaccine. So some of us do. The vice president has a vaccine. I think uh, I think I'm related to a healthcare worker that's getting a vaccine this week. So it's out there and it'll trickle down to you and I at some point. Anyway, but we get into the conspiracy thing a little bit. And then I do the unthinkable. I run some jokes past the comedian. You don't do that. Oh, no. How awkward. You don't you don't tell jokes to the professional joke teller, do you? Well, I did. And you're going to hear the reaction of Jesse May Peluso. Let's get to it. Are you uh, an introvert or an extrovert? Both. A little bit of both. So you're... Mm-hmm. You're okay with the quarantine situation as far as, like, you're not getting too lonely or going stir-crazy. You've got things to occupy your, your mind and your time. Yes, I'm, I have things that I'm working on. I also have three dogs. I also... Pets help ha- a lot. Yeah, pets help so much. And actually, there was this report that said that some state, some city, I think it was in New York State, uh, ran out of pets to adopt because people had adopted them because they didn't want to be alone in quarantine so there's benefits that come to all of this you know there's always an upside so yeah I do have my dogs and you know I've traveled so much I was thinking about this last night I was watching this movie about Japan and I've been to Japan and I was just thinking to myself like worst case scenario I can't travel for work until the end of year or well that's kind of worst case scenario 
I don't travel at all anymore for whatever reason. I've been to Japan. I've been to these other countries. And and so because I've traveled so much and feel fortunate and uh, a lot of gratitude about my where my career is, I feel okay being home. I don't feel that like grass is greener thing looking out my window like, oh, I just want to get outside. I've been outside. I've flown so much Yeah. that well, I'm kind good. of enjoying it. How about you? I mean, I suppose I'm both introvert and extrovert, but I feel like I'm really introvert. <clears throat> when I'm in public, I'm forcing myself. If I take a stage like you do, like I'm forcing myself to be calm and cool and ah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not natural for me. Right. I enjoy it, but it also gives me a huge amount of anxiety. Well, to make you feel better, a lot of my comedian friends experience anxiety. Even the ones that are, you know, killing it. Yeah. They it, that's I think that's a part of performing. It's it's an it's an energy, you yeah. know. But I mean, so much of what I do is in a booth by myself. I'm sharing time with listeners. I might get them on the phone. I, there's, you are you know, doing interviews. confession? Are you, are you at a church? Right now? Yeah. In yeah. a booth by yourself, just yeah. repenting? No, 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 no. That's okay, not, okay. No. I'm keeping that stuff uh, until I die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or until I can make money selling it. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And I, you know, I, I draw in uh, digital paint and all that stuff, and I play guitar. So a lot of my activities really That's cool. are. So I'm okay. It's not like I wouldn't like to see other people. But I'm not, like, uh, really depressed about it, I guess. My my big quarantine anxiety is when I have to go to the grocery store, I'm just worried about the obstinate uh, people that I might encounter that aren't wearing masks and went there yes. with a cough and... You know what I mean? I do. I, and the thing that is tricky about this whole scenario is I don't think we really know the full spectrum of what's going on. I think... One or two, one of two things is going on. This really is as bad as it's being portrayed in the media, or the media is being used to manipulate the masses. And it wouldn't be the first time that that's happened. We've certainly seen it happen on a political platform. And you know, as much as I'm not a conspiracy theorist, a part of me is very skeptical and analytical by nature. So I always look at both sides of what's going on. And a part of me, as a woman, of course, I'm worried. I don't want amoebas in my house. I'm washing my hands every time I walk in. Yeah. But the other side of me that's, you know, a little bit more objective goes, "Mm, but what if there is a bigger thing that's going on? What if this COVID situation is a veil to the greater evils that are really occurring behind the curtain? Do you know what I mean? It'd be a global conspiracy, though, because unless we're faking the the footage from other countries, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the, the the source, the origin, is what is the most tricky situation. Obviously, it's hard to tell an origin of a virus because of how it moves and yeah. trying to pinpoint where it came from can be difficult. But we don't know where this came from. We don't know if it came from a bat, a yeah. cat, or a mat. You know, there's yeah. a Dr. Seuss virgin, version, <laughs> and I'm sure there also is a Dr. Seuss virgin. Uh, <laughs> Little known fact. Little known fact. Uh, the more you know. The more you know. I Here, I'll run these by you. This is because you went to Dr. Seuss, so how do I not? Uh, this is something I want. This is like one of those things I wanted to post immediately, but then I'm, you know, I'm a perfectionist and I wanted to create graphics to go with it, and so, of course, it Love hasn't it. Ha- happened yet. Um, I do agree with you. I don't think it's uh, fake, but I think that, um, I do think politicians seize the moment to grab more power. Absolutely. They certainly 
certainly align it in their own interest. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Seuss, these were children's book titles. They're not all gems. It's uh, okay. Children's book titles uh, adjusted for the coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, the places you won't go. Uh, one fish, two fish, red fish. I'm so sick of fish, but none of the other restaurants are open right now. Uh, how the Grinch stole all the hand sanitizer. Oh, my God. The cat in the mask. That one's just gentle Oh, and that's easy. not bad. Yeah. Uh, instead of the velveteen rabbit, the quarantined rabbit. <laughs> that's clever. Charlotte's WebMD. Oh, that's good. Uh, Alex and the terrible, horrible, no good, very dull day. <laughs> James and the giant stockpile of TP. <laughs> green, green eggs and ham is all they had left at the grocery store. Horton hears a whooping cough. <laughs> ah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> and this is just, I just like, this doesn't work out loud. This works in print because the words are similar, but they're not quite right. It's the Lorax and the Clorox. So anyway. <laughs> so stupid. There, there you go. I love How stupid. How did you have those on here? That's so funny that I mentioned um, oh, Dr. Seuss. It's in my phone on my That's notes. That's so weird that w- that I just said that and that yeah. you had that ready to go. Well, I really didn't. It's just on my phone. I'm like you. I'm constantly writing stuff. So That's funny. You wrote those yourself? I did. Those are clever. Do You need to post that. You Text. need to pick to- your top three and then go with those. Oh, okay. Horton here's a hooping cough is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. And you're the first pro- professional comedian that I've uh, naively read my jokes to. So that's, you know, I appreciate oh, well. your response and your kindness and your laughter. Yes, it was genuine. It was genuine. <laughs> you were about to say, yes, it was courtesy. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't like to do, I'm that girl. I don't like to do the courtesy laugh. I'll let you know. Okay. Jeez, uh, I feel like I've kept you on here a little bit. Let's see if there's anything we should hit before I let you uh, go about your day. Yeah, you want, you go about my day and put on sweatpants. Not like I don't already have them on, but you better believe they're going to be on for the rest of the day. <laughs> I've been getting dressed. Like, I've been... Good for you. Except on days... There's been a couple days where I started work and could not quit till the day was done and did not shower until the p.m. But most of the time, I'm dressing as if I might encounter someone besides my cats and my wife. Well, that's smart. That's good for mental health to continue your routine. I think so. I've been getting dressed, too. I've also been having day tequila, but... You know, I'm a grown-ass woman. <laughs> I think I deserve it. Day drinking has to be happening a lot right now. Honey, it is happening. It is the reason my sister's getting through being a parent right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's on the East Coast, and I'll call at, like, 9 a.m., yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Pacific, so it's, like, noon. She's yeah. like, is it too early for a drink? I'm like, honey, it's afternoon. Let's go. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like a vacation. The kids are on the not. ceiling. Right. Oh, my God, for sure. You know? It's the uh, only way. Medicate yourself, parents. Do what you have to do to get through. I haven't heard this yet, but this has been very popular uh, with the old viral video. It's a guy doing play-by-play of two dogs chasing a cow into a backyard swimming pool. On the surface, it doesn't sound like much, but I guess it's pretty good. Here we go. We got two dogs chasing a cow out in somebody's backyard. Oh, <laughs> dog bites cow. Oh, cow is in the pool. Oh, my goodness. Dog is going in the pool after the cow. They are in the deep end. Dog is biting cow. Cow puts him under the water, dunks him. Dog swimming away. We got dog number two on the side of the pool. Dog number one is going after cow again. The cow's under the diving board. Oh, he's getting out the pool. Oh, he can't get out. He can't get out. They both stuck in the pool. 
Oh my goodness, we got a cowboy coming in. Oh, he's got a lasso. Oh, two cowboys. <laughs> Cow trying to get out. He's in the shallow end. Lasso. Oh, he's doing the lasso thing. Oh my goodness, he got the cow with a lasso. Oh my goodness, first shot. And that goes on for another hour. No, I don't. It's the greatest video <laughs> ever. Oh, you were familiar with it. I saw the headline. I'm like, what is this? And yeah. it is, it's got to be in Alabama. <laughs> it is insane. Like this cow comes, is being chased by these dogs. It must have gotten loose from the herd. It, it, it looked like herding dogs, but they were biting it. So maybe they weren't herding dogs. Right. But I don't know if that's a tactic to get the, the cow back. I was like, no, don't bite the cow. And I thought that that was it. But then these two dudes on horses come through the tree. It literally looks like an episode of Westworld. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. It's got to be Alabama, which is basically the Westworld of America. (laughs) You would know. You've you've hit all the great great and not so great states in our great land. Uh, Here's a guy, 25-year-old guy in Minnesota, led cops on a 25-mile chase in his Mustang. I want to give him props for the Mustang, first of all. And then... What year is the Mustang? ah, That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, but they, they eventually pulled him over, and he uh, he thought something else was going on with them. And I don't want to spoil it, so I'm going to let him say. Okay. Some joker wants to race. That's a clip from a movie, GD. Uh, oh, I was he, like, that sounds like a movie. He thought they wanted to race. That was his excuse. Not, not bad. Yeah. Do you think that's true, or do you think he's... I, it's 100% not true, but I think it's a great <laughs> argument to get out away. Yeah. Like, you know, I think if you convict yourself and commit to that, right, right. you can get away. Like, I I got pulled over once going 75 and a 55, and I was about 18 years old, so it was two days ago. And I'm pulling off of the ramp as the cop is pulling me over because I was going 75 and a 55. And he's almost, he's like mad that I was going so fast. He, he knocks on my window. He's like, roll down your, why were you going so fast? And I, I went, uh, um, I, I'm bleeding. I, I just, I panicked and I said, I'm bleeding. <laughs> and he goes, what? I go, yeah, I just got my period and this is my dad's car. And I, I know I'm, I just don't want to leak it through the seats because my dad will kill me because he loves this Oldsmobile. And I'm trying to go get it cleaned up before I ruin my dad's car. The cop. He was so grossed out. He was like, go. <laughs> he goes, just go. <laughs> I mean, that is terrific. I didn't know what to do. I told him I was bleeding, and then I said I got my period. That's a great story, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it also worked because I'm a white girl in America, but I caught that guy in a good day as well. Those things you are true. You ruined his day. What are you talking about? I did. I ruined his day. He probably has a daughter, and that's why it was so visceral for him. He had such a visceral reaction. <laughs> he was like, oh, go. See, you're not getting that story on any other podcast. <laughs> that happened here on the Daily Detour with Dan Roberts podcast. That is quality, free entertainment. But if you want to pay for it, you are welcome to. You can support the podcast by buying some merch at the Daily Detour merch shop. The link is in the episode description of this podcast. You can also find a link at danrobertsvoice.com. That's what I need to work on, a dailydetour.com. Don't try to squat on it. I've already bought it. I wasn't born yesterday. Day before yesterday, sure, obviously, but not yesterday. That's one thing I'm discovering is this whole podcast thing. There's so many layers to it. And it really is. If I could get paid to do this, this is a full-time job for sure. Then you've got the YouTube component. Link is in the episode description. 
And then to get people to watch, you got to think about hashtags. You got to think about SEO, search engine optimization. Now, fortunately, I entered into this with some skills. That's right. I'm not just a pretty face that you can't see because it's not so pretty. Average at best. But yeah, I'm fortunate. I've always been interested in learning and uh, I don't know, haven't let the fact that I don't know how to do something stop me from doing it, generally speaking. So I'm not just a host. I'm not just a talker. I'm a producer. I also have some graphic skills. And so there's a lot of things that I can do. I'm self-sufficient in a lot of ways, but there's still only so much time in the day. And I do get tired from time to time. So it will be interesting to see where we're at like a year from now with this. It would be awesome if at some point I made just enough money, just enough money to uh, recruit some help, just like one person. That may be a decade away. I don't know. Anyway, I do appreciate you listening. I'll keep you posted on the uh, job search or anything else that comes up, like learning that animated uh, character deal. Trust me, I'm going to swim to the deep end of that app and get some videos out in 2021 with some character animation. That's always been a dream. I have voiced some animated characters before. Nothing for Disney, nothing for DreamWorks, nothing for Pixar. Nothing huge. Well, Dilbert was kind of huge. It was huge for me. But because I draw and because I love animated cartoons and because I do, you know, stupid voices, I'm excited at the idea that I might finally be at the point in time with the technology available that I can do screwy little skits with the animated characters. Stay tuned. All right, you've got places to be, so I'm going to let you go. We'll wrap things up with Jesse May Peluso tomorrow, the late, great Fred Willard later in the week. And I found some writing. It's kind of like a... It could be an essay in the Inlander. It could be a blog post. I don't know why I wrote this other than to get it out of my system, but I don't know whatever happened with it. I don't think it was actually posted anywhere, but I think it's a good message in general and certainly for the new year about kindness, about not judging a book by its cover. So I will include that probably on tomorrow's episode. And if not, then I will do it by Friday. So look forward to that. Look forward to my message of hope. And have yourself a wonderful rest of the day. Chat again next episode. You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits, LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts, music by Quickie, and I'm your announcer, Libet Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment. And we'll chat with you next time. Hey!